God, and we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody agree with that? Say amen. amen. Turn in your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Mark, please. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Now, if you don't have a Bible, we do have Bibles that are out in the foyer. I want to encourage you, if you don't mind, just slip up or just if you don't mind getting up, our ushers can help you as well. But there's a, there are several Bibles out there in the foyer. Go ahead and grab one, use one and just return it. And uh, if you need one, put your hand up. We'll get some to you. Keep your hand up. I, it's important. I want you to follow along in what we're teaching you because we teach you the word. Can you say amen to that? Amen. OK, that was kind of weak because we teach you the word. It's a little stronger. It's all right. I'll take that for now. Okay. So, but on the way to the cross, this is part two. Now, in your one-year Bible, if you would go back and look at March 3rd, March 3rd is where we're really taking our reference from this morning. So that's why it's encouraging. From time to time, I'll use I'll use the references, and that way it will tie into your reading so that we can continue to, to talk about and share with you what we've read. But our focus this morning is the triumphal entry and triumphal entry of Jesus Christ as he came into the city. Now, what we're going to do here this morning, we're going to look at three verses first, and we'll continue to go on. Have you found Mark chapter 11? Mark chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and he said to them, go into the village opposite you. And as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied or you can say donkey tied on. It says tied on which no one has sat. Loose it. And bring it. Everybody say, loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. Ooh, I like that. The Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it. Come on here. So this is important. Let's talk a little bit to you. Do you realize that over 2,000 years ago, on this day that we read was the first Palm Sunday. This is why you have palms. I'm giving you today as we celebrate and recognize Palm Sunday, that this this was the first right here, the first Palm Sunday. And why is there a significance? You'll begin to see what took place. Those who are in the crowd, those who are wanting Jesus to, to come and, and to do certain things that they had in their own agenda to do in their own mind. But then you see they were waving their palm branches. Man, they were celebrating like we should have been doing, doing this morning. Come on, somebody. All right, let me see your palm branches. Let me see them. Come on, wave them. Let me wave them at me. Let me see. Okay, hallelujah. And, okay, good, good. Thank you. And so this is what we're talking about this morning and how important that is. All right, some of you were obedient we'll pray for you the ones who weren't being disobedient but that's all right we love you just the same now over 2,000 years ago on this is the first Palm Sunday now listen to this what were the people looking for some were looking for a Messiah right on this day people wanted a Messiah who would come but listen the same reason but the reason why Jesus was coming wasn't necessarily the same reason why they were looking for Messiah, because they were looking for a Messiah to overthrow Rome. They were looking for a Messiah that would come in and give them freedom to the Jews. But it wasn't the same way that they were looking for freedom, that Jesus came to present freedom. It's a different way. So just because, let me say this to you, this is so important, and I know I'm not going to meddle, but just because we're in the church, just because we're worshiping God, just because we're praising God, just because we're saying Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, listen, everyone's purpose may not be the same. 
You see, some are in the church for wrong reasons, and some are in the church, come on, for the right reason. Some are in churches for, I just want to get whatever I can get out of the church. Come on now, I just want to get whatever the church do for me. There's me, my four, and no more. Just bless me, Lord. That's it. That's the only reason I'm coming to church. But not understanding why Jesus came and the purpose and following him. Man, let's go on. Let's go on. Let's share a few other thoughts with you. I believe that you'll really enjoy. Now, you see, there was a Sadducees, and we call them that because they were sad, you see, that, you know, that it, it had a tradition. The tradition was this. They believed. They believed that the Messiah would, listen, four days before the Passover, I want you to think about this, would come to enter into the city. So what they would do is they would keep the gates open, the city gates open, because they believed that four days before the Passover, he, the Messiah, would come walking right through. It was open. Everybody say open. All right? So they were ready for this. You say, how do you know? See, he would walk right in. Turn with me to, to Zechariah. Now you say, oh, pastor, why did you do that to me? Where is Zechariah? I'm going to help you, okay? Matthew, start there, go backwards, all right? Malachi, and then you'll find Zechariah. Is that all right? Did I help you with that? Are you okay with that? Okay, so keep on going. Oh, it's right there. Didn't you see it? Isn't that, isn't that great? Helping you guys out. Now let's go to chapter 9. Chapter 9. Remember I said it was prophesied. Everybody say prophesied. All right. OK, if you're there, say praise the Lord. Some of you are still looking. Remember, you say, OK, hold on, Pastor. Where is that now? Matthew, go backwards. You'll get to Malachi. Go backwards. You get where? Come on, somebody. All right. Look at chapter nine. This says the coming of the Lord. This is in the Old Testament. It says this beginning in verse nine. Rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey. Do you see that? Or you could say a colt. Then it goes on and says here, the fall of a donkey. So we can see what was prophesied was fulfilled. What was prophesied was fulfilled. Now, the New Living Translation says it this way. Rejoice. O people of Zion, shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. So this wasn't just any shout. This is not just, okay, I think I'll shout. No, and it's okay, but look at what he did. No, this was a shout of triumph. How many have ever won something in your life? I mean, won something. Regardless, listen, you mean like, what are you talking about, lots of money? Not necessarily lots of money. Sometimes we think about money. I mean, how many have ever won a ball game? Okay, let's break it down. How many ever won a one-on-one pickup game? How many ever won, maybe you went to bingo, you won bingo, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just trying to locate somebody, okay, all right, you say, oh, bingo, oh, pastor, I don't know, okay, anyway, but what I'm trying, I don't know what you won, I'm just trying to say, how many ever won something, you had the thrill of victory, come on, you're excited, like, woo, I won something, right? So guess what, were you excited about that? I mean, were you shouting about that? Come on now, right? Guess what? They were so excited in this day when they were shouting, I mean, shouting and praising God. And it tells us what we should be doing as Zion, as the church. It says we should be shouting, and the shouting is shouts of joy and shouts of triumph. Okay? I mean, that's why we come to church. Listen, if you come to church, and and, in this church, and you feel like, oh, man, you can't make no noise, you're not in the right church. No, listen, we are not the church of the blessed quiet. We are, that's not who we are. 
We like to listen, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You say, well, what if I don't know how to sing? I didn't say sing. I said make a joyful noise. Because some of you can sing, some of you can't. I'm included in the can't. You know, I can take voice lessons, but uh, I believe I'm a little late in life and not going to help me out. No, I'm just joking. It could, but I don't have that desire to do that. Well, I can sing in the shower and I can hum a few bars, but that's about it as far as I'm going. Don't look at me like that, Henry. I heard you sing. So, you know what I'm saying? So, standing right next to me. But we ought to get a male choir. Come on. What do you think about that? We ought to get some guys get up here. We got a few tenors, I think, and we can sing a song. Y'all, ladies, you want us to do that? You want us? Wow. Father's Day. I think we should do that. Look at Russ drops his head getting all red. Oh, Lord. Father's Day it is. Something very simple. Ladies, you can't pick it. Okay, here we go. All right. So look forward to that. It's going to be a wonderful time. Let me pick it up. Come on. Here we go. Let's continue. New Living Translation. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph. O people of Jerusalem. Look. So now he's saying, look, your king is coming to you. Glory to God. Your king. Everybody say king. Make it personal. My king. Man, my king. Remember we sang, you are my king. That's what we sung. You are my king. It says right here, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey's colt. Wow. The scripture is fulfilled. Now, notice, here's what we said earlier. Four days. Four days before Passover, Jesus came riding into Jerusalem again. Hosanna. What does Hosanna mean? Literally, Hosanna means this. It means save. Hosanna means save. So they were saying when they said Hosanna, when they had their palm branches out and they were waving, they were saying Hosanna. They were saying save us. Save us. When they were saying Hosanna also means not only save, but it also means this here. Listen, blessed is the one who comes. Come on now. In the name of the Lord. Save us or rescue us. That's what that word save means, to be rescued. Because remember, they were thinking under, they're living under this regime, this Roman regime, and they're thinking like, Jesus, a Messiah, our Messiah has come. Save us. Man, they had branches. They were throwing them down on the ground. They were taking off their coats and throwing them down. They were honoring Jesus. But for, but for many, they did not know that he didn't come for the same reason that they thought he was coming. Oh, he came to set them free but not the way they thought he was going to set them free. So they're crying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And then it goes on and says, blessed be the name or blessed is the coming of the kingdom of our father, David. So there was an expectation on that day. There was quite an expectation. It was a big expectation. I mean, if you've lived under, listen, where somebody is dominating you, if someone is, is putting you under lots of pressure and you're in bondage and in slavery and it seems like you just can't do what you want to do, and it seems like, listen, if someone comes to set you free, would you not be one of those ones out there waving the palm branches and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest? I know I would be because I want to be set free. I want to get out from under this. That's why they were out there. So there was an expectation, and that was that Jesus is coming. Listen, Jesus was coming, this is our expectation, as a conquering general king. But that is not why he came. He didn't come as a conquering general king, but he did come to destroy the works of the devil. You understand that? But he didn't come as a conquering general king. He came to set men free from the free, listen, from freedom from oppression, freedom from depression. But he wasn't going to do it their way. He was going to do it God's way. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. 
Let me tell you, as we continue to read this this morning, verse five through eight, let's go back to our verse. Let's flip back over and you'll see how important this is and and that we get a hold of this glimpse of what's going on. Mark chapter 11, verse five. Let's turn back. You're in Zechariah. Now, remember, they're crying out. They're thinking he's finally come to deliver us. And we see here in verse five through eight. Let's go to verse four. Let me back up. Verse four. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you there? So they went their way and found the colt tied to the door outside on the street and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, what are you doing? Loosening the colt. Notice what they said in verse six. And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded. We can learn from that. Then he goes on and says, listen, so they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes, listen, on it. And he sat on it and many spread their clothes on the road and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those verse nine, listen, verse nine, it says, then those everybody say those. This is important here. We see this. Spread their clothes on the road and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, what did they say? Because you begin to see here again. What does it say here? Hosanna. Say it with me. Read it with me. Ready? Read. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the highest. Wow. So as we continue to read this, we begin to see by spreading their coats on the road and and as they were freshly freshly cut palm branches, man. I mean, it's kind of like this. Like today, if we looked at TV, we say it was kind of like the red carpet that was put out for him. You know what I'm talking about? And he's come he's come riding on the donkey down no down this road, and they put everything out because they're honoring them. Even took clothes off their back, you know what I'm saying, and laid it on the ground and honoring, giving honor to him as honor should be due. Honor should be due. And but I wonder, I wonder, what was Jesus thinking? Have you ever thought about that? I mean, what was Jesus thinking? Because here he is, he's riding down the road. He knew, he knew why he came. But I wonder if, if he's thinking, you know, like, what are they doing? Or do, they know my, do they know the reason why I'm coming? I wonder what he thought. Because he heard the crowd say, Hosanna. He heard the crowd say, save me. But he's thinking, I've come to save you. But I wonder just exactly what was he thinking? I don't know. But I tell you this. Listen, that's exactly what we're here to tell you today. When Jesus comes down the road in your life and the door to your heart is open, what is he saying to you? What is he saying to you? And are you giving him access into your life? Are you saying Hosanna? Hosanna. You know, are you saying in the highest? Are you saying Jesus come into my life? Are you saying, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. What are we saying? When the doors open, we're giving him access. Are we going through the motions or do we really mean it? When we're saying, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, save me. Jesus, rescue me. Wow. 
what are we saying? Because we can look, we can look at them, come on now, and we can wonder, wow, what are they saying? But can I tell you this? That out of their mouths, off their lips, they were saying Hosanna in one sense, but then the same ones later on were saying crucify him. In their actions. In their actions. What about us? Are we saying Hosanna? Hosanna in the highest. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Come on, we worship this morning. Lord, you are my king. But then what happens? Do we leave with that same heart and gratitude and thanksgiving? Lord, you are my king. But then we leave the church and the doors are closed. Are we saying the same thing with our actions? Just only one hallelujah. That's good. You're listening. You see, their shouts of praise were turned into shouts of anger. They were angry now. And why were they angry? Because Jesus did not come and do it their way. Isn't that something? That if you want somebody, listen, to help somebody, and they need help in their lives, and if you don't do it their way, they're all excited before. They're all excited about you coming to be a blessing. Come on, be a blessing. And you say, well, here's how I'm going to do it. Well, I don't want you to do it that way. And then get indignant and get upset and mad. Just forget it. Just forget it. And here you are wanting to be kind. Here you are wanting to be good. Come on, somebody. It's just like, here's Jesus coming in. And he's saying, I've come to rescue you. I've come to deliver you. Well, I didn't ask you to do it that way. I want you to take care, listen, of Rome. I want you to take these leaders, and I want you to knock them down to their knees. I want you to destroy every one of them because of what they did to me. But Jesus said, no, we're not going to do it that way. I'm coming to deliver you. I'm coming to deliver you. I'm coming to save you. Come on now. I'm coming to bring, listen, to bring you in, to bring you into the kingdom. I've come to show you the way to true freedom, to true freedom. And they couldn't understand that. Remember, at one moment, they're shouting Hosanna. And then the next moment, they're saying crucify him, crucify him. Why? Because he didn't come doing what they wanted him to do. And you know, I find it also interesting that it's not hard, listen to this, it's not hard to find people who claim to be followers of Christ. It's not hard. You can, man, you can go in many places. I see them on the corners of the street. Which signs up? Are you listening to me? And saying, I'm a follower of Christ. Now, that's a little soapbox for me, but I'm not going to get on it this morning. Not going to do it. But you'll see them there. You'll see them in different places, even in the workplace. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a Christian. Do we not? Hey, we even see them in the church. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a believer. Wow. So I say this. It's not hard, really. It's not hard to find people who claim to be a Christian. But it's hard to find people who live as a Christian should live. This is what's hard. This is what's hard. Now, I'm not talking about perfection because we're not perfect. But I'm telling you, a lot of times it's hard because we say one thing and we do another. And then we wonder why the world is the way it is. Then we wonder why the world says, well, if that's what Christianity is all about, I don't want any of that. I'm doing that right now. Didn't I see you last night at the club? 
Come on, somebody. And I see you hanging out with so-and-so. They're not saved. Hmm. All right. Hey, it's not hard to find people who claim to be a Christian or follow a Christ. But sometimes it's hard to find people to live a Christian life as they should. And so if we are and you and I were shouting Hosanna for the wrong reasons, then listen, listen, if it's only because it's Palm Sunday and not every day, every day we should be crying out Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Everybody say every day. Not just on Palm Sunday, every day. Listen, this is why it's leading up to on the road to the cross. We understand that Jesus went through so much. As we said last week, man, he began to tell them at multiple times, three times, exactly as we were reading the Bible, showing us, and he's sitting down with his disciples, and he says, come here, let me talk to you guys. And began to tell them, this is what's going to happen, that I am going to be delivered in the hands of those who are going to beat me and is going to spit on me and who's going to crucify me. And I am going, listen, listen, I am going to die. And Peter, even at one instance, said, not so, Lord. I'm not going to allow that to happen to you. Because Peter, you understand, was full of emotion and he had love for Jesus, but he was thinking as man was thinking. He wasn't thinking as God was thinking. And that's why Jesus said to that thought process, to that man, that mental, that thinking, he says, I rebuke that. I rebuke it. Satan, come on, and he begins to tell you because, you know, and and all these other things that Satan was trying to do and trying to hinder and in his life. But he said, I rebuke that, Peter. You do not know what you are talking about. Now, that doesn't mean just because he got rebuked, he didn't love Peter. Oh, nowadays you rebuke someone that fall out with you. Did you just rebuke me? You did. You know what I'm saying? I don't like you no more. What is that? Really, a rebuke is, listen, when we're coming up, you know, our grandparents, come on, how many have ever gone to spend summer or spend time with your grandparents? Come on, somebody. Woo! Yeah, I mean, they love you. You know what I'm saying? And they want to take care of you. But you know if you was a bad child. Listen, grandma and grandpa was glad when mom and dad left. Because they say, I'm going to give you a little bit of influence here. They say, honey, y'all take your time. You don't have to come back. Don't be a rush. We'll keep them forever. And then here you are. No, no. I don't want to stay here. Grandma and grandpa. Mm. I like the candy. I like the food. But I don't like the spankings. You know what I'm talking about. It's just something about grandma and grandpa. But when you come and you know. Man, whoo, if you are, listen, if you are obedient, you do what you're supposed to do, you ain't got no problems. It's just, I like to call them those knuckleheads, you know. You think you'll learn. If I'm looking over here and I see my brother's getting towed up, he's getting a whooping, and why am I going to do the same thing? Now, come on now. And I say, it's better than you and not me. I'm going to listen to what they tell me to do. Well, listen, what I'm saying is this. Think about it. That when we talk about and, and, and dealing with, with the church, And and understanding that when the Lord has commanded us to do certain things, but then he says in his word and out of love, don't do this. Guess what? We shouldn't do it. We just shouldn't do it. We should just be willing to follow the commandments of the Lord, the best of our ability, be obedient. You see, Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Notice it's conditional. If you're willing and obedient. And a lot of times people are not. All right, let's go on. 
So here we go. Just a few other thoughts, and I'm going to let you go. All right? And so what is the significance of Palm Sunday to you? What is the significance today? I want you to think about it. We see the palm branches in front of us. You have palm branches in your hand. What is the significance to you? Because I want you, when you leave today, I want you to remember that Jesus was on the road to the cross. And when he was on the road to the cross, his mission was to save all humanity. His mission was, and he was willing to die on the cross for the entire world. His mission, regardless, listen, what others think, he was willing to take the beating that we should have taken in order to set us free. Everybody say he was willing. And so what I want to leave you with today is as you take your palm branch with you, I want you to remember as Jesus rode in Jerusalem, he rode in the city and he rode in with a mission and a plan to set all men free, free from oppression. So if you're dealing with any kind of disease, you're dealing with depression, oppression, it doesn't matter what it is, Jesus has come to set you free.